Becky Gannon, host of Mad About Miniatures. Today, we'll be entering the magical world of miniature fairy gardens with Diana. We will also chat about her impressive glitter collection, her famous rock and roll video, and Archie the Cat's role as quality control inspector. You can find Diana's work on Instagram at Enchanted Nook by Diana. Let's give her a warm welcome. Hi, Diana. It's great to have you with us today. Hi, Becky. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I love your miniatures and I love your fairy gardens. Tell me how you got started in miniatures. Thank you. I I love your dollhouses as well. I got started in miniatures at a very young age. When I was five years old, my dad crafted a three-story dollhouse. So my dad is a carpenter by trade and my mom is a tailor. And the dollhouse was completely elaborate with fully functioning doors and windows and lights and carpeting and hardwood and everything throughout. (laughs) That's amazing. And you were only five? Yes. So my mom, she had created all of the upholstery and all of the nice finishing touches um, after my dad had made the dollhouse and built the furniture. And then over years, we built it together as a family. So I learned at a very young age how to um, work with a wood burning kit, how to crochet. And I even had my own Singer sewing machine by the time I was nine years old. (laughs) Oh, that's so wonderful. That's fantastic. And do you still have the dollhouse? No, unfortunately not. It was gifted away when I went off to college. (laughs) Well, hopefully it found a good home. I did. It did. (laughs) But I think about it often. (laughs) Well, so you've really learned to do so many things. Yes, I work with many different mediums. I work with wood, clay, paper, um, fabric, and yarn. When did you start taking it up again and going into fairy gardens? I actually started... Uh, I was practicing a lot um, with miniatures when I was in my 20s, and then I set it away again for a period of time. So around that time, um, my niece was growing up and I was making things for her. And um, I started again just about two and a half years ago. Uh, I had a very stressful job, and I just came home and I looked at my plant selection I used to have a solarium full of plants and I just imagined a little fairy dress hanging on one of the plants and I looked to the resources that I had which were not much at the time just a few bits and pieces of lace and paper and I made a little fairy dress which I hung on my plant and it eventually blossomed to become a full-blown fairy house inside a pumpkin. (laughs) And you haven't looked back. You just keep creating these magical pieces. Yes. (laughs) With your fairy gardens, um, some of it came from embellishment, too. I noticed, like me, you have a great love of glitter. Yes. (laughs) Do you have more than one kind of glitter? Tell us a little bit about the glitter collection. Oh my goodness, I have so many glitters, Becky. I use mostly Createology glitter, and I just get that either at Michael's or at Walmart. And here's a little secret I learned. Whatever you can get at Michael's, you can usually get online at Walmart as well for a fraction of the price. I didn't know that. So I have... um, 
super fine glitter, I have fine glitter, and then I have the coarse glitter as well as the glitter that comes in different shapes. And I have so many colors. Now, mostly I tend to stick in the um, gold to rose gold to a light purple um, theme, but I do also have some fun teals, blues, and greens. Oh, and I also have the pop rock candy glitter. <laughs> oh my goodness. It sounds like a glitter girl's dream. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so the only thing about glitter that I wonder then is, is your apartment covered in glitter? Because glitter... Glitter spreads. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely gets everywhere. And because I have a couple cats, whenever I craft, they like to join me in the craft room and um, they they get into things. Um, my partner had commented one day while he was cleaning the litter box that there was actually glitter <laughs> in the litter box. <laughs> oh, only you would have a glittery litter box. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yes, yeah, so your cats are a little bit part of your miniature journey, just like Ziggy is with mine. I've seen some videos of them being completely gentle with your creations. They are. They are wonderful. And our female cat, Sadie, she she was gentle right from the start. She's just very dainty and ladylike. And our little guy, Archie, he's a little bit more... Um, you know, rough and tumble, and he's our paw and claw control. So he used to get into things quite a bit. He he actually was the inspiration for a new piece um, because he had attacked and torn apart a piece that I had formerly worked on and wasn't happy with. So he actually did me a favor by ripping out all the really good salvageable parts. <laughs> um, but he has also calmed down a little bit as he's grown older. He's, he's no longer a, a rambunctious kitten. <laughs> now, is that the naughty kitty house that he inspired? Oh, no, it was actually, um, he had ripped apart a piece that had a guitar in it. And I ended up using that guitar again with some other pieces uh, later on. But, but the, my cats, they love the Naughty Kitty House. I don't know if they know that those are miniature cats. <laughs> but that's one of their favorite pieces to gaze into. <laughs> that's funny. Yes, yeah, he's been pretty good with my miniatures. He does have a habit of snatching my little mini pillows and running away with them. I could see Ziggy doing that. He's adorable. <laughs> but uh, generally, I get them back. Not too much worse for the wear. So one of the one of the videos that I love the most that you did is you in uh, doing a rock and roll dance, holding a guitar with a complete fairy house built into the guitar. And you're rocking like crazy. Can you tell me a little bit about that video? Yes, I had so much fun making that video. So I basically put on, I'm a rock and roll girl and I love the really old, like the old modern classic rock. So I just blasted that in my condo. I pushed my couch out of the way because we live in a very small space and I just did every rock and roll move that I could think of. And my husband was watching me, my partner Philip was watching me in the background and he was laughing. He was just laughing. <laughs> so we both had fun. <laughs> So two things really struck me. One is that you can really rock and roll. And part of that is because you do gymnastics, right? Yes, I do calisthenics, which is strength training for gymnastics. So I train on gymnastics rings, high bar and parallel bars. 
Well, I would really be impressed if you could, you know, swing on the parallel bars while somehow <laughs> clutching one of your fairy dresses. <laughs> but that might be a little hard even for you, huh? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> the second thing that struck me is sort of more of a miniaturist um, observation. You you were jamming and moving and you have this intricate fairy house and nothing moved. I didn't see anything budge, fall off, anything. So I have to ask you as a fellow miniaturist, what glue are you using? <laughs> well, for that piece, I used just my hot glue gun and I was also amazed that everything stayed in place. Admittedly, I did fasten the battery pack in, in, in first because the battery pack, it slides out of a little area um, to easily change the batteries. But I did, I did make sure that that was secure before I started spinning around and, you know, jumping around. Um, the other glues I use, um, I have from time to time just use Gorilla Glue um, for teeny tiny pieces that I glue onto edges of pieces. But I have since switched over to a couple other glues. So one is, I think it's pronounced Yuhu or Uhu. It's spelled U-H-U. Oh. We used to use that one all the time when we were kids, and my uh, grandmother would send it over from, from overseas in Germany. And so a friend of mine has recently sent it over as well. So I'm back to using that. And then my dad also gave me a glue called Tough Guy. It's T-U-F-F, -F, Tough Guy. And it's also, it's very good on wood, glass, um, and, and also other small bits and pieces like clay. And they're, they're, those dry within about an hour and you have to clamp them, but they are excellent. Wow, well, we've gotten some good glue tips here. I mean, that really is an issue for miniaturists, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't even see glitter fall out of that guitar. I actually seal my glitter with water-based Mod Podge. So um, oh. that's... And knowing that glitter gets everywhere on a lot of my pieces, if glitter is close to an exterior edge or if I, if I think the piece might um, get shaken around even with shipping, I'll always put in an extra seal of water-based Mod Podge on top just to protect the integrity and maintain that sparkle. Wow. Because with all the glitter, I was really expecting a little rock and roll shower. <laughs> that really works. It does. So tell me what, what's the fascination with fairies? What, what, how does that appeal to you? What keeps drawing you back to that part of the miniature world? Well, when I was very young, I loved my fairy pop-up books. So I had a collection of books from Cecile Mary Parker, as well as some other authors who I don't remember. But reading those books, I used to just dream about fairies and imagine the garden fairies. And we grew up in a very rural area. So I used to go out into the woods with my brother and we would collect all sorts of sticks and cedars and acorns and build these little nests. Um, just like little anything that looked like a little nook and then we would put carrots and apples inside and then we'd go back and check later to see if the fairies had come to eat the carrots and the apples so of course it was always the rabbits and the squirrels and the raccoons <laughs> but we we like to enjoy that it was little um, imagine that it was little miniature fairies and gnomes. 
Oh, that's wonderful. You you sort of were a maker of fairy gardens outside before that became so popular. Yes, when that was when we were about seven years old. And at what point did your brother outgrow that? Oh, he outgrew that very quickly. <laughs> he still liked to forage for the materials for me and build things, but uh, for him, it wasn't about the fairies anymore. It was more about construction, and, and he went into construction and also became a carpenter like my dad. Oh, that's spectacular. I just love your work. It's so magical. And I I love that you use so many different mediums. Oh, thank you so much. I love your blue fairy. Now, is she crafted out of clay? No, she is actually a Snap Stars doll from Walmart. She cost all of about $9. And the reason I selected her is because she has that all of those poseable limbs and she has gorgeous glass eyes now if you see those snap stars dolls just you know in a box they're they're not nicely done <laughs> the, the makeup is very tacky and so is the hair and the clothing but i i really saw the uh the, the vision was there when i when i saw her in the box um, so I actually painted her using three layers of acrylic chalk paint and then I followed that with about um, a dozen coats of watercolor paint and another 15 coats of, um, of pastel powder wow. and then I did another almost I would say almost another 20 coats um, of pastel to do the contouring and details and highlights to sculpt her face and you know really accentuate her elbows and shoulders and knees Wow. And what did you do to her beautiful hair? That was the original wig that she had that had been styled very differently. So I just cut it. I made it. Um, I took a lot of the volume out of it. And I um, I just crafted, like I just braided in a whole bunch of little braids. And I put mushrooms and little paper flowers. And I just tried to make it look, I liked the color of the hair. And I liked that it had little silver threads in it. Um, but just the original hairstyle was awful. So I had to make it very ethereal and, and magical and fairy. <laughs> That's one of the things I really love about miniatures. Sometimes you make things from scratch and sometimes you find something as a base that you can just really transform. Right. There's so much potential in so many items. There really is. What are some of the more unusual items that you've transformed? Um, well, I do have, we've, you already know about the guitar. Um, then I have for my wacky cat house. <laughs> so for that piece, I happened to come across um, a little shelf just walking through HomeSense. And the shelf was shaped like a little house. And then it's it's actually um, a shelf that you hang on the wall and it can act as a book uh, bookshelf or, you know, whatever. Um, and so I just saw this really cute little house and I thought, well, how fun would it be to build a little house inside here? And then you could even put hooks on it and hang your keys. But once I started working on that house, I had this whole different vision where I thought, well, it's a naughty cat house on the bottom, but now I'm going to cut a hole into the roof and I'm going to install an attic door. And now I'm going to take a container that literally had cocoa in it. So I had, a, I had to use up a lot of cocoa over the winter so I could use this container to build a turret. And there's a whole alternate car um, parallel cat universe inside the attic. <laughs> I love that. A, 
who doesn't need a parallel cat universe? I can, I can definitely use one. <laughs> yes, yes, that's fantastic. I love that. I mean, I think one of the joys of miniatures, too, is walking around any kind of store, you know, mm. home improvement, craft, really almost anything. And you just see things in a different way. Mm, yes. Sometimes I'll just be walking along and I'll see a napkin ring and I'll say, "Ooh, that could be that could be the base of an end table." <laughs> like your Starbucks fountain, that is amazing, the bird bath fountain. <laughs> yes, I I uh, thought I was going to have to order or make a play a a foundation for my bird bath and I just kind of went on I was kind of looking around and I was drinking a Starbucks and <laughs> Turned out, I just took the cap off and went on my way. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> so I'm trying to do even more of that because I'd also like to, you know, upcycle more things. You know, use what I have. Yes. I think we all have that as a goal. But sometimes it's easier than others. You know, we go to the store and we're attracted by all the bright, shiny things. Right. I'm constantly being gifted vintage um, pins and buttons and jewelry just passed down from my mom and my partner's mom and, and, and now a friend of mine. And I love incorporating those those pieces, um, those little touches into my pieces because they're just so unique and, and different and they have like an older sort of feel to them. And, and I polish them up and clean them up and sometimes I'll even um, redo the the like um i'll paint over them using like the appropriate metallic sort of paints um but it just adds a little je ne sais quoi <laughs> oh it does it adds something unique that you won't find in any other piece mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh that's wonderful i'll have to go back and look at some of your pieces you have a beautiful instagram and uh see if i can find them <laughs> So one of the things you and I have in common, besides miniatures, is we both like to dress up for Halloween. Yes. <laughs> in my neighborhood, I'm considered the queen of Halloween. And I expect in your neighborhood, you're considered the queen of Halloween. Yes. So we are in a condo high-rise building where there is no trick-or-treating. So we go to my partner's parents' house and... Um, my partner's mom, she loves Halloween as well. So it's always a really fun time when you put the three of us together. So tell us a little bit about what you've done for Halloween. So one of our most popular costumes was we did the Once series. So Once is a series on Netflix where the um, fairy tale characters are trapped in a modern society. And the series flips back and forth between um, the time lapses of the fairy tale world and the current world. Um, so I dressed up as in the fairy tale world, the evil queen, who in the modern world is Regina. And Phil dressed up as Rumpelstiltskin turning into Mr. Gold. Oh, now how did he manage to convey that? Um, so I had sewn him a full cobbler's outfit. So those, you know, that style of pants that goes to the knees and is really baggy. And then he had on it like a, a, a shirt, like a linen shirt with a uh, faux leather, I guess the, the pleather leather. Sorry, excuse me, a pleather vest on top 
we painted his skin using body paint so he was transforming into gold and I took straw which I stuffed into the pockets and just coming out of the sleeves and into the straw also I weaved these fake gold chains so it looked like the straw was also turning into gold chains so he was you know he's turning into Mr. Gold who has his um he has a pocket watch with a gold chain so it all it all sort of tied together and made sense. That sounds fantastic. It it turned out really well. So he's pretty into Halloween too. Yes he he we were just made for each other that way. My husband goes along with the costumes more because he loves me <laughs> than, than any particular enthusiasm over it. So once you were in this these costumes, tell us about what you did. Oh, well, we love to set everything up, um, just really go all out with the, sometimes we have creepy music or we'll just, we'll pick a theme of music that suits our, our costumes. So as I was um, the, Regina, the evil queen, um, I had an apple. So I had a red apple, but then I would kind of do this thing. I My costume had these gigantic sleeves. Um, so I had another apple that was painted black. So as the kids would come up and be like, come my dearie, would you like him? apple and I go to hand them the apple but before they would before they would reach for the apple I would switch it for the black apple right and I do this witch's would you like to hear my witch's cackle I do an amazing witch's cackle I would love to hear your witch's cackle should I move a little bit should I turn down the volume a little you might want to turn down the volume okay I'm going to give it my best shot my witch's cackle my pretty that is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it scares the kids. I wait I wait until they're reaching for the apple and they always jump back. It was it was it was a show. <laughs> so this is a whole performance you do when they come up to the house. Yes, and and they love it. Or we think they love it. They always come back. And is it different every year? Every year we have a different theme, yes. And um actually after we did that year, the following year, the kids came back and, and actually asked um, what, what happened. <laughs> Why did we change it? <laughs> because the next year we did a, a zombie theme and I guess that wasn't quite as popular. Oh no, you thought you were doing them a favor by moving on to something new. Yes. But zombies are very hip. They are. In Toledo, we have an entire zombie crawl. Oh. Um, Dear Halloween, where downtown is filled with hundreds of people dressed as zombies, you know, going from bar to bar and just generally zombying up downtown. We had that once in Toronto and I actually joined. Well, with us, it's a yearly thing. It started a few years ago. I mean, obviously, we took a break for COVID, <laughs> but I'm hoping it'll come back. I, that it sounds amazing. I, I I really hope it comes back so you can participate in it. <laughs> I do too. So your husband or your partner is really into the costumes too. Yes. And tell me, 
you said he's also gotten into the clay and the art and has used it in his job a little bit. Yeah, so we're both very artistic and we like to paint together and do some ink sketching together. So when he has seen me working with my clay, he was, you know, really quite fascinated and interested in it. So he asked me to show him how to do, um, you know, how to work with, with some of the clay mediums working with air drying clay. And how to create textures in the clay and paint it and that sort of thing. And we started watching YouTube tutorials um, on how to build clay around things like cartons and plastic bottles. Um, and he's a special needs teacher. So what we actually ended up doing was building um, a tree um, around a clay, or sorry, a clay tree around a plastic bottle. And the tree is like coming to life and walking around and we put lights inside and the sound box and then he took that to school to his students and his students are autistic and they're actually quite naturally creative um, and so they really love this and he has since then so this was a couple of years ago um, he's been working on clay um, sculptures and, and things with them as well um, and that year they actually all picked um, a theme um, to work on working with clay around the bottles everybody made something different um, and then they had uh, an art sale um, at their school and then the money went back to funding the department that's really great and where did you meet this kindred spirit <laughs> At um, a on a Halloween night, so in Toronto, there is a huge Halloween fest downtown, um, and we actually we actually did not meet there. Uh, many years before we actually met, we crossed paths there, um, so we we actually ended up meeting the the good old fashioned way at a pub on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> um, but uh, as we you know got to know each other more in our relationship, um, a few months into our relationship. Uh, he had pulled out his laptop and, and was telling me how much he was into costumes and how much he was into Halloween. And he started showing me photos um, on his laptop. And as soon as I saw the first two photos, I said, get out of here. I was there. I was there. I saw those people. I saw. And as we started looking through the photos, we realized that we were in the background of each other's photos. And when he had shown me his costume, he was dressed up as a character from um, some sort of a Japanese anime where he was blue and he had silver hair and it was just this elaborate costume. And I had gone with a friend that evening um, and she had seen him in, in, as this character and said, I know that that's amazing. I have to get my photo taken with this guy. Now, my friend and I, we were also in very popular costumes and he was in a very popular costume and it just kept being that we didn't have our photos taken together because either he, people were always around him or always around us and we completely missed it. And my friend had been so disappointed and she's like, that is the coolest guy in the world and I miss having my photo taken with him. Wow. Well, no wonder Halloween is special to you too. Definitely. We're, uh, there's, some, there's some kismet there. There is. And you know, I actually met my husband at a bar too. <laughs> Which, which surprises a lot of people. <laughs> so we have something in common there. Did you meet him at a bar on Halloween? No, no. It was, the, it was right after college and uh, no special occasion, I'm afraid. <laughs> but one of my best friends uh, in Toledo met her husband at a Halloween party. And uh, he was dressed as a toilet because his name is John. 
<laughs> That's wild. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so that makes for a fun anniversary picture every year. <laughs> it never gets old. <laughs> it's, the, it's the full moon Halloween witchy vibe. <laughs> And I wonder, as we've been talking about Halloween, how many of our fellow miniaturists are also into costumes. I hope some of them will comment on that and let us know, because I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them were very into costumes and Halloween and theme parties and things like that. I would love to see that. So tell me where you get your inspiration, like how you start a piece. Do you start with, you know... A full-blown world? Do you start with one item? Does it vary? You know what? It's always so random. Usually um, my best ideas come to me right before I fall asleep. Um, I've even dreamt, like I literally dream about crafting miniatures and then I wake up and I think, well, I know it felt really fantastic in my dream. What was I dreaming about again? But um, I often just find really beautiful random pieces and I hold on to them, whether those are like the little vintage pieces that are gifted to me or sometimes I'll just learn to make something um, and, and I love what I made, but I don't have an immediate use for it. So I hold on to it. And as I go strolling through the shops, that's usually when I find, you know, the little nooks that I use as my vessels for the pieces. So I have a witch house that I had crafted into a garden potting shed. So it's basically a hollowed out pail that has a board inside of it um, that acts as a shelf. And it has a hole to put uh, like terracotta uh, little pots in and then have you know a little herb garden and uh, I saw that and I just thought oh my gosh this is a witch house a witch living in a pail I'm going to cover that hole I'm going to put sand and stones and a cauldron in the middle and voila I ended up with a two-story witch house oh that's wonderful so for you the vessels really speak and determine a lot of your creations. Exactly, yes. So as soon as I find that piece that speaks to me, then I start to look at what do I have and what can I, what can I still um, further craft to put inside. And what are you working on at the moment? I actually just picked up my first ever dollhouse kit <laughs> and it is not going to be a typical dollhouse. I am turning this into a magical fairy oasis with indoor and outdoor living. So I'm imagining an outdoor shower, a pond instead of a bathtub. Um, I'm going to have a little toilet whittled out of wood with bark as the background, but I'm also going to maintain a lot of my pieces. They have a dollhouse meets earthy feel. So I'm going to maintain that because that's really my style. Um, but this piece is really going to be reflective of me. I'm not selling this one. This is my doll. <laughs> Since I don't have my childhood one anymore, I've been yearning for one. Um, and I, I see myself like building onto this for years to come. Oh, maybe you could do like a little waterfall for the shower or something. I love that idea as well. That is a very good suggestion. Thank you. I saw a, um Extreme Living show once where they had a couple living in a cave. And they had built a house in there, and they actually had a stream that they had built running through the entire dwelling. Oh. It was just fascinating. And I've always, 
I keep thinking about incorporating that in some way, but it hasn't quite happened yet. But you're welcome to borrow it if it works for you. That sounds amazing. I'm going to think about that. Oh, I can't wait to see that. But have you ever built a, ki- a kit from scratch before? Never. And I, I actually, I just brought the kit up, up upstairs into the condo and I opened it up yesterday and I looked at all the pieces and I promptly closed it again. <laughs> and I thought, once I start working on this, I just have to pick a day where I can get through it. Um, also, because we live in such a small space, I don't have the luxury of putting something away and closing a door. So I know oh. as soon as it's out, Sadie and Archie are going to be inspecting it. And there's just going to be mayhem and possibly destruction. <laughs> and there's so many tiny little pieces that you have to have in the right place. And mm. they're they're going to get hidden and, and I'm going to find them. I'm going to find them, you know, weeks later underneath the couch. And do you plan on expanding the kit, changing the kit, or is it just too early to know? Oh, no, I have I have so many plans already. So the, the actual exterior of the house will be what it is, um, but I'm planning on making it look as though it's growing out of a tree and with nature around it. So all of the expansions that I'm going to do um, will be from little objects and items that will be picked up and and attached to the side so again just those unusual objects where I'm like oh you know what this little old alarm clock old-fashioned alarm clock actually looks like it could be uh like a little library room or something on the outside a little reading nook (laughs) things like that so can we expect a lot of moss and glitter and maybe some little fairies? Definitely, definitely. Actually, I would love to find the perfect um, little scale doll. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be looking at an actual dollhouse doll that I can um, repaint and, and redo like I had done with um, with my blue moon fairy, or if I might actually source um a a pre-made fairy or elven doll that I can then accessorize and change the hair and the eyes and and the the face makeup myself this will be sort of your forever forever (laughs) fairy home it will this is going to take me into my retirement years Well, I think there's something wonderful about really focusing on one like that. And then you can go back and forth and change it and work on other things. Exactly. And I normally glue everything down firmly into place because everything that I normally do is very like diorama and shadow box. But for this, every single piece will be, you know, a freestanding piece of furniture that can go in and out so I can change it. As times change, my fairy house will change. I I do think that maybe a dollhouse is never really finished. Your houses are so fun and so unique. And I love dollhouse flair. It's just so perfect. It just suits you so perfectly. Well, thank you. And one thing that's really surprised me about this art, this craft we're doing is Not only do I love it because you can do so many things with it, but I've really been overwhelmed by how wonderful the miniature community is on Instagram. 
Yes, really, really wonderful. And I think you've done just an amazing job of bringing that community even more together with all your little mini challenges and love your mini pet day. I've had so much fun. Uh, light up mini world that you did over Christmas. It really, it was so much fun. And I actually got to um, explore so many new accounts and connect with so many new people that I normally wouldn't wouldn't have known about. Well, thank you. You know, a lot of why I did that is I'm an extrovert. And during COVID, I just wanted to meet new people, whether they were in person or on Instagram. And that was my way of, you know, I love organizing events. And since I couldn't do a big Christmas party, I decided to have a party online. (laughs) I love it. And I will say there's a lot less house cleaning when you do it that way. (laughs) So that's really an advantage. Well, Diana, it's been lovely talking to you. I adore all your fairy creations, and I hope everyone goes to Enchanted Nooks by Diana and checks it out, looks for your guitar video, your blue fairy, and all the beautiful magical creations that you make. Thank you so much, Becky, and thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I really enjoyed talking to Diana about her magical fairy creations. I'm thrilled to announce that my next episode features the grand winner of the prestigious HBS Miniatures Creating Contest. Rebecca is from New Zealand and created a truly spectacular dragon's cottage. We will talk to her about what it's like to have her own craft cottage, her creative process, and the day she found out she was the grand prize winner. Tune in on May 18th. In the meantime, remember... It's your dollhouse. The only rules that exist are the ones you make.